With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Bonjour, mes amis. Comment ça va? Well, you're not doing well if you're Simona Halep after today's women's final where Halep seeking the number one ranking seeking her first Grand Slam title has has it has the finish line seemingly in sight up a set up three love and has three break points to go up a set and 4-0 and from that point she left the door wide open for Yelena Ostapenko who was more than happy to bash it down to the tune of 54 winners um, alongside 54 unforced errors. Um, and you compare that to Halep's eight winners and 10 unforced errors. That is, Those are clearly the two stats you need to take away from this match. Um, and a match that I'll remember for quite a long time, I think, uh, no matter what Ostapenko does or does not do for the rest of her career, you know, we saw last year at the French Open that Garvin Muguruza, you know, stormed on to the title, had a struggle since then. It, to me, this performance from Ostapenko, who went on to win the match, 4-6, uh, 6-4, 6-3, an hour, 59 minutes, a power two-hour display. Um, this is one that no matter what she does for the rest of her career, I'm going to remember it. Uh, that You know, that's the... That's the first instinct you get, or the first reflex take you get after these is, oh, you know, what you know could be the first of many, or we'll, you know we'll see her again for sure. We you know we don't know that necessarily. Uh, we don't know it for sure, not even necessarily. But um, you know, I, I I just think it was such a such a unique performance on such a big stage for such a young player that. It's going to be, you know, barring a career that turns out to be one of the all-time greats, this is what she is going to be remembered for, um, no matter how good or, or bad she does, good or, or not as good as she does going forward. Um, I'm just still kind of in awe of it. It's it's about just about an hour after the final ended, and just to you know. From the first, I believe the first and last points of this match were backhand winners by Ostapenko. They both might have been backhand return winners, in fact. Um, You know, the story was clearly her, you know, her ability to really expose Halep's lack of serving strength. um, And just to be able to dig, you know, there was almost no easy games for Halep this whole way around. Um you know, for Ostapenko, it's not as if her serve was was demonstrably better either. Um, she certainly it certainly was better than Halep's, but um, you know what she was able to do was make was test Halep 
literally every minute of the way of this match and never got off that, um, which, you know, that was just constant pressure that, that was, you know, paid dividends in the end, of course. Um, you know, a lot of this will fall on Halep, and I think rightfully so. Um, you know, a lot something that, that many people on Twitter were talking about over the match was how at a set and 3-0 up, she sort of, she it, it seemed as if she lost her way a little bit mentally where, you know, she tossed a racket to the, to the court, um, just really found that that it was an it was not a necessary time of the match to have that undo her. And that's interesting for a couple reasons. One is because there was such a storyline coming into this match with her and her coach Darren Cahill, how she was able to get past that, mature a little bit possibly was, you know, was the verb that was tossed around. And she showed that throughout the first six matches of this of this event, you know, particularly against Atlanta Svitolina when she came back from a set and won five down to win. And the other thing that's interesting to me is that the other storyline coming into this French home for help was her physicality and whether that would be what would undo her um, despite a really great clay court season. And, you know, you know, Physically, of course, she doesn't have the the powerful shots anywhere close to what Ostapenko does, but you could certainly say that it was you know a mental cave too um, in certain respects. I mean, not only was she up a set in three zero with four zero seemingly in the balance. I actually, if I recall correctly, the the broadcast was about to turn to commercial with with um, Halep to go up 4-0, but a call was looked at closely. It was a late call. I mean, it was that close to being ostensibly over. It, it is really hard to picture, though not impossible, um, Halep dropping this from a set 4-0 up. Um, but she was not only up in that set, she was up 3-1 in the third as well. And in both cases, Ostapenko ran off four game runs um, or, or put together four game wins in a row that were, you know, were, were clearly enough to turn, to turn this in her favor. And she did it in some of the most breathtaking ways possible. I mean, you, in, in this baseline era on both the men's and women's tours where winners are, you know, they're in some ways with the rackets and strings, they are easier than ever to come by, but with the defensive, um, you know, tactics employed by so many from the baseline and the ability to get to so many balls, you you almost see, you know, ironically less winners than you than you had before, uh, but not today. I mean, this was if you're looking for, and it was, you know, it was under two hours the match too. If you're looking for sort of tennis to be decisive, um, Ostapenko might be someone you want to follow for a while. Um, she went for it in a return. She, you know really any opening and especially down the line too. You know, I, I thought the majority of her winners were actually down the line forehands or backhands. Um, she got some great angles off sort you know, off of play off from parts of the court where you would not expect them to be open to. Um, I love the swing too from her, especially on the backhand side. It's, it's not as if she is like putting everything in her, in her, in her body to get into the ball. She just, I think the mechanics and the timing of her shot is just impeccable. And, you know, it was 
it was that backhand that ended the match. Um, it just it just brilliantly, and you know by the end, I, I I could only be left to say just wow because it was a stunning comeback, certainly a stunning fall from Halep, who you know this is going to be an incredibly tough one to live down. Um, you know it'll it'll follow her for a while, but the match you know for a much different reason is going to follow Ostapenko too. Um, and I'm very excited to see what she does going forward. I mean, I'll give you the obligatory looking ahead take is that you know, she is a former Wimbledon Junior champion. So we'll see what you know how she does the All England Club. I'm you know I'm going to be going there for a little bit this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her uh, in person. Um, you know, she'll be now move into the top 20, I believe. Um, and another point because of the result of this match, um, of all P, you know, Anjali Kerber, who two weeks ago to the day, or, um, actually it is a little, little less than two weeks. I forgot. She lost an opening Sunday, not a Saturday. Um, she will remain number one as incredible as that sounds. Um, you know, despite all the results here. Um, but it's, you know, this is Ostapenko's day. Clearly, this is her fortnight. It's, as you've probably heard, this is her first title of any sort on the Pro Tour. Um, and she earned it the hard way. She lost, I believe, four opening sets on her way to the title. Um, and, you know, inexperience did not, you know, prove to be a detriment to her. It probably, in, in many ways, was a positive in that she did not have the expectations, was really probably the underdog in almost every match against the seed, sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop of, of her not having been in this moment. But I think the sort of reverse cliche of that is that, you know, because of that, you don't realize the stakes. I think that certainly helped her too. I mean, it'll be, things are going to be different now for Ostapenko and, you know, she's earned it with really just um, a remarkable performance um, a great women's final, and you know I can only hope that tomorrow's men's final, featuring Rafa and Stan, you know, lives up to it in some ways. So, wanted to get that in quickly before uh, before we move on to the next match and the final match of Roland Garros, which we'll cover on the Tennis in Ten podcast. Au revoir. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.